special treat for you today. If you have not heard him yet, he's awesome. This is Phil Brake from Australia. Give it up for him. Thanks, Kerry. How are we all this afternoon? G'day. That, yeah, good. I like that. I like that. Hey, it is honestly a, a real privilege to be able to stand before you today uh, and, and maybe just share a little bit. And uh, you guys don't know me, but I feel as though in some ways spiritually I kind of know you guys. I've just been praying for you since I found out I had the privilege of doing some youth leaders sessions. Uh, something I am passionate about is youth ministry and young people. Um, and uh, so I've just been praying for you guys over the last couple of months and for our time together uh, that it would be uh, all that God wants and intends it to be. We've got a session today and one tomorrow. Um, and today, well, the, the two actually come out of, if, uh, if you're familiar with Psalm 78, it says, And David shepherded them with integrity of heart, with skillful hands he led them. And so what I want to touch on is uh, in our session today, is that whole thing about head and hands, that uh, there are leadership principles that just want to maybe touch on some practical stuff uh, that relates to you and me in terms of our effectiveness uh, in youth ministry and how we go about that. Before we get into that, just a little bit about me uh, from Melbourne uh, on the southeast uh, coast of Australia. Uh, married to the hottest chick on the planet. No offense to the ladies here, I think you're all beautiful, but uh, she had a moment of weakness, said yes, and I took it. And uh, we uh, married 21 years and, uh, and uh, have two beautiful girls. Uh, Ruby is 17, April is 14. I know I don't look old enough to have kids that age, but um, have two great girls. Uh, my background is, uh, we call them physiotherapists in Australia. You guys call them physical therapists. So I have my uh, degree in that and also have a degree, uh, Bachelor of Ministry through uh, Theological College uh, in, in my city, Melbourne. Um, and I went through that whole process of wrestling with uh, the call that God had on my life um, to be a youth pastor, youth minister, and then balancing that out with uh, how does that unfold with splitting my time between work and working my butt off and, and then having to volunteer hours in youth ministry and doing that juggle transitioning into job sharing, working part-time youth pastor and part-time uh, physio and then eventually full-time. And then uh, when I moved into another role as a youth and young adults pastor in a larger church. So the first church that I was youth pastor in for seven years uh, was a, a you know, medium-sized church. Um, then the, the next church that I was a youth overseeing youth and young adults, it was a, a larger church, which was a great experience uh, to have access to all these resources that we could only dream of uh, in another environment, so it was just a different kind of world. Uh, and then uh, me and a group of mates, we felt called to plant and pioneer a church nearly 10 years ago, uh, and so had to go back to the whole job share thing, and I worked as a personal trainer uh, and worked in that industry and training athletes and rehabilitation and stuff. And so I was working from 5 a.m. through to about 9 a.m. Uh, that's when people wanted to train in the morning before work, and then uh, had time during the day to put into all the church God stuff, and then train clients again from sort of 4.30 in the afternoon to about 9 at night. So look, I, I don't know where you're at. I don't know whether you're full-time, part-time, volunteer, whatever it is. Uh, but maybe I think there's a bit of an understanding here of, you know, uh, I, I know what it can be like to try and split yourself in 15 different ways and things. And so I don't know what you came to this session looking for. Uh, but I know that God does have a plan. He's got a purpose for each of us being here. We all know there's no such thing as a mistake. None of us are a mistake. Uh, you're not in this room by mistake today. 
again, it's a real privilege for me to be able to stand here and to share with you. It's, uh, you know, I, I, I may not be the best, but all I'm going to do is just give you my best today and I'm going to be transparent and honest and we may get a Q&A time at the end. Um, so, you know, today is, uh, I, I really want us just to think about you. I know you had a great session yesterday. And, and I think today's session, without me knowing it, it's funny how God does that, but uh, it's great how God kind of just builds sometimes on things, just naturally. It's just, just he's amazing like that. And so today I want us to uh, take a little, little bit of a, a look or think about you. So it's all about you, all right? So I don't know what you came here expecting, but our time here together is about you but the outworking and the overflow of that is about the kids that you love. It's about the kids that you're going back to. It's all about that kid that you know you can just see it and they are hungry and they're desperate for the things of God and they've just got the call of God on their life and they're a champion for the cause and they are just fantastic. It's for that kid, but it's also for that kid, that snot-nosed brat that does your head in time and time again and they just give you nothing but grief. Okay, that only happens in Australia. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> You know, and you just go, you just think, for the love of God, seriously, you know, like, and, and, but yet you know, you don't see them as they are, you see them as they're going to be, amen? And so, like, it's for every kid, that kid, that kid, and everyone in between, and that's what our time here is today about, because I want you guys going back, because, you know, some of us go back to tough situations, uh, personally, but some of us go back to tough situations within our communities, some of us go back to tough situations within our churches, and uh, you know what? God knows all about that. And he wants to impart something into you today, tomorrow, throughout this festival uh, that is just going to help you uh, get through this next season. And I know there are people that are struggling with pain. I know there are people, you know, I've sat in enough of these sessions just to go, oh, here we go again. I'm telling you right off the bat, guys, I'm not here to impress you. Uh, you know, if you're saying, hey, what have you got, mate? Like, you're in the wrong room. Uh, you know, we want our kids to listen we want our kids just to be open. We want our kids to be open to the Holy Spirit coming and showing and revealing us some, some truth. Yeah? So we're supposed to be the leaders. So all I'm asking is just to do what you ask your kids to do. Is that fair enough? Yeah. And so if you just keep your heart open to whatever it is that God wants to teach. Most of the time when I sit in these kind of sessions, I've actually finally stopped. And I'm actually kind of like sitting in a space where God can speak. And most of the time, God's speaking to me about something that the person, the talking person up the front's not even saying. It's just you've finally stopped and stilled yourself enough to hear what God So if you haven't got pen and paper, you haven't got your phone out to take notes, just, just do it anyway. And if you're on Facebook, whatever, you know, at least it looks like you're taking notes. But, you know, like just, just stay open to whatever it is that, that God wants to say to you today. Can we just pray? Uh, I know some of you are just looking at me like just, like, what's this guy on about? Uh, I was praying for you this morning, there were some things that God laid on my heart that I just think uh, he wants to do in this room today, um, and, and that's just what I want to see happen. Father, we just honour you for who you are. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Father, we just, just focus right now on your preeminence. I thank you that you've been wanting to speak to hearts in this room for some time. And 
maybe in this moment, Lord God, as they're still their minds and hearts, they're just going to be open to whatever it is that you want to say. So we just give you the freedom right now, Holy Spirit, to do that. You're the senior, we're the juniors. We just want to follow your lead. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, one of the things, you know, that I notice in Scripture is that this is kind of like a bit of a, a catch cry for my life and I, I live by it and I, I've seen God be faithful in this, that God never wasted a prepared man or woman. God never wasted a prepared man or woman. Now, that, that holds true for us spiritually, that, that God knows where we're at. You know, when he called Nathaniel and Philip and, you know, he was walking up and Jesus said, hey, here's a guy in whom I see nothing false. And he goes, Jesus, you've never met me. How do you know that? And Jesus goes, I saw you when you were sitting under the fig tree, when you were studying. It's like Jesus had never seen the guy. So we know that Jesus, you know, omniscient, he knew everything. And he actually had seen sitting under, Nathaniel sitting underneath that fig tree and actually had seen him in that quiet place. We know that what's done in secret will be revealed openly. And so today, like, uh, we know that there's many parallels between the spiritual and there's to, to the physical. The Bible talks all about that, about us growing and maturing and the, the physical parallels between that and the spiritual life. And so we know that like, that's, that stuff that we, God sees in the spiritual realm, he actually brings out. Your effectiveness in ministry is totally connected to and correlates to the depth of your intimacy in the quiet place. There's no substitute for that. You know, the, the guys that I've talked to, the men and women of mighty valor and faith, you know, it, it, it's just a constant repetitive uh, story that I hear from them all the time that I'm challenged by, is that they do not ever compromise on their own personal devotional time. And for some of us in this room, you know what, let's, let's, let's just clear this up straight up. We can't do anything about what we've done in the past, but we can do something about and from today to change the way things are going to end. So you know what, if you don't have a solid personal devotional life, if you're not just in connection with, with the creator of the universe and, and the lover of your soul and your best friend, Jesus Christ, then you've just got to make that a personal discipline. Any, any kind of effectiveness in ministry that we will ever have will come out of our personal intimacy with Jesus in the quiet place. There's no substitute for that. But today, I don't want to talk about the spiritual side because you guys are all super spiritual and you just get it all, so that's fine. What I want to talk about is just you, just for a little bit. Now, today, I'm not here to offend anybody, but if I do, that's okay. <laughs> Everybody put your left hand up, please. Just put it up, just like that, and say, I love Pastor Phil. <laughs> I just hope you remember that for the next 20 minutes, because <laughs> you might not like what I'm about to say. You know, we are so good in so many different ways of managing everything else that's going on around in our worlds. You know, we can manage the programs, we can manage our leaders, we can manage kind of like who needs to get a lift home, we can manage all the kind of policies and procedures that go around everything that we, we do. I mean, like, I mean, I just like trying to sit down with our youth team and stuff and talk about youth camps and stuff. And I'm like, so it's just so hard that you can't find a sheep in the paddock next door to the camp and drag it in the girls' dorm anymore and scare the bejeebas out of them. I just think that's really sad. <laughs> you know, like... I. <laughs> That kind of stuff. Why can't you do that anymore? What's, what's the world coming to when you just can't get a, a pig, a big fat hog, and somehow with a group of guys kind of wrestle that thing into the girls' dorm, shut the door so they can't get out and just hear the screams? Like, seriously. Now, some of you have never done that, right? And if you've never done this kind of stuff on camp, we need to talk. 
Because we're about creating memories. Like youth ministry's got to be about the kids that don't come to your youth ministry think they're missing out. There's such a, everyone knows what FOMO is, right? Fear of missing out. F-O-M-O, fear of missing out. FOMO. It's just so prevalent with the generation we're trying to reach. Because they always think they're missing out. They look on Facebook and they look on Insta and all this sort of stuff. A moment of time that's captured in an instant of this highlight of the person's day. But they don't see the other 24, 23 hours, 59 minutes of crap that that person goes through. It's just that kind of snapshot of. You see kind of like, you know, the, the husband and wife have got, you know, they're out on date night. They're more than happy to post up date night. They're not going to post fight night. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just doesn't happen. But we're dealing with a generation. And so, you know, like to, have our, to have our youth ministries and whatever we do, that sense of family and community, that the kids actually that are not in it actually think and actually look and go, I'm missing out on what's going on there. The fear of missing out. But, you know, like, you know, for me, when I, when I read Scripture and I, t- I look at the great men and women of faith, I just think there, there has to be something physically about their world that actually positioned and God could look at and see, I can use them because they are ready to be used. I want to talk to you about how you're managing yourself. There's this great story. I, lo- I love this story. And it's found in 1 Samuel chapter 14. You don't have to turn to it. That's cool. I'll just quickly just give you an overview because we're just really short on time. But Jonathan and his armor bearer kind of like are in this kind of like kind of like a little bit of a valley and there's this cliff and the Philistines are sitting up on top. Jonathan says to his armor bearer, hey, hey, mate, like if, if uh, you know, what do you think about us going up and actually taking these guys on? Because we've just got to kick the Philistines. They should not be here. They're on our land. The enemy is on our territory. We've got to get rid of these guys. How many of us start to get a little bit of, you know, sort of unrest, holy anger, righteous anger, that there are enemies in your territory that you've got to get rid of. Think about that for a sec. But Jonathan said, hey, we should get rid of these guys. Listen to his logic. He says, if they say, come up and, hey, we'll kill you, that's a sign from God. Most people would say, if they say, go away, that's a sign from God and I'm leaving. <laughs> but he says, but you know what? Guess what? They say, come on up here and we're going to teach you a lesson. So Jonathan and his armor bearer, says they had to climb a cliff to get up to fight these guys. And then they get up and fight the guys, 20 plus Philistines in half an acre, they take them out. Now, it doesn't take a rocket science, it takes a little bit of effort to get from the bottom to the top of the cliff, but then takes a heck of a lot of effort to be able to take out 20 guys, just you and your armor bearer there, take out those 20 guys. So I want to talk to you about a little bit about how are you managing yourself? Because God never wasted a prepared man or woman. That's not just spiritually, but it's also physically. I, I don't believe we can stand in front. Now, hear me clearly. I'm not talking, when I talk physically, I'm not talking about being Brad Pitt. I'm not talking about being ripped and rock hard. I'm not talking about being Angel, Angelina Jolie or anyone like that. Whoever you want to paint as like, you know, just like whatever. But I'm just talking about being the best you that you can be and who God created and intended you to be. And you're looking after what God gave you. How are you managing you? How are you managing you? You know, like I think there's this this great challenge for us. You know, one of the, the most astounding things that Paul wrote was imitate me as I imitate Christ. How scary is that? 
us as leaders actually saying to our young people, imitate me as I imitate Christ. You know, I can stand up and I can speak to my young people and say, hey guys, you need to read your Bible every day. You need to pray every day. You need to kind of like live that holy, righteous life. You need to live a life that's glorifying to God. But I go home at night and I sit down, I eat a small farm animal with cheese and then I sit down and then I just go... Oh, you know what? Hour and a half, two hours later, ooh, feel like a bit of something, something. So I go to the fridge and I get a gallon of ice cream. I just go and I down that. It's like there's some inconsistencies in that. Are we feeling comfortable? Maybe not. You know, like I think there are some pretty staggering kind of uh, statistics around about how Australia and America, we're, we're kind of like duking it out right now. You know, we got some things, tragically, kind of our suicide rates, we're trying to like taking some of the world's highest suicide rates, which is so sad. But there's another area that I think is really sad is that America and Australia are both fighting for and vying for uh, the, the fastest growing obesity rate in the nation. In the world, sorry. I mean, yeah, go Australia. <laughs> go, go America. Let's go, guys. But you see, we've got these things that actually affect our lives, affect our... Um, uh, effectiveness in, 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 uh, in ministry and that we are a sit-down generation. We are sitting down more than we ever have before. The number of steps that we used to take in the 1800s, 1900s compared to what we do now is about 10 times less because you know what? We're actually eating three times more than we did in the 1800s and the 1900s and the majority of that food is processed. So we kind of got these practical kind of battles that we're struggling with. The other thing that we've got is that we are, the, we are more educated than any, any before. Now, just think about this, guys. When I'm talking about the physical implications, I could quite easily, time doesn't allow it, I could quite easily see and show you how that parallels to the spiritual. You see, we're more educated. We've got more pills, powders, potions, more websites, blogs. There are more uh, sites that you can visit to educate you about your physical health. Same holds true for spiritually, right? But somehow there seems to be the fastest growing obesity rates. What does that tell you? It's not about information. It's not about education. What about the good old blame game? We like to blame everybody else. When it comes to our physical health, most people will actually only do something about their physical health when a crisis comes their way. Either a crisis, especially blokes, all the blokes in the room, you're like, nah, mate, I'm fine, don't worry about it. I don't need to check up. It's not until we've got blood coming out of every orifice of our body do we go, oh, yeah, I might need help. And clasping our chest on the gurney in the hospital going, yeah, I might need some help. It's like, you know, we kind of either blame people or we just sort of like just go, you know what, when there's an issue or, you know, like training girls, no offence girls, but most girls would go, you know what, they come in and they just go, I've got a wedding in 12 weeks and I want to get down to this size and I'm just on a mission until I get that special occasion, special event and, that, you know, they'll do something about their, their health for that period of time. And then what, what happens after the wedding? They go back to, you know, when we lose weight dramatically, we, usually it's done through fluids done through uh, muscle, and the last thing we lose, if we're doing it dramatically, is fat. When we put stuff back on quickly, it comes back as fluids, fat, muscle, if we happen to be doing any exercise. And that's why people generally put more weight on after they've done a dramatic weight loss thing than they have. So it's not about trying to be reactive or blaming anyone, but it's about trying to get our heads around creating a new normal, a new normal that's sustainable for you. See, guys, I want you to be in the best condition that you can be. Why? So that you can actually do the best job you can at caring for the kids that God's put into your care for care for. 
I don't know if you've ever been in a session like this where somebody may have challenged you physically, but there are those parallels, as I said, with the spiritual. So we've got those things that we've actually got to keep in mind when it comes to. What you, somebody help me out here. What do we think is the number one excuse for not doing something about our physical condition? The number one. Time. Time. We all go, don't have time. What's the number one reason why most people don't actually have a solid, consistent, devotional life? Too busy. Time. Now, you just think about this. The health organisation, the, the Heart Foundation in Australia would say, all it takes is to exercise half an hour, four times a week, half an hour, four times a week, and it will, it will bring about significant health change in your life. And I'm sure it's the same for here. We're talking about four times half an hour is what? All right. Yeah, they learned me good in Australia. Right, two hours. <laughs> two hours. So if I asked you for two hours, and we ask, what if it was half an hour a day, which is three and a half for the week? We're talking about, you know, just to give Jesus the, the most important one in our life, give him half an hour. But we won't talk about that right now. We're talking about you physically. So four times, half an hour, two hours a week. Out of 168 hours in a week, somebody do the math. What's the percentage of two hours out of 168 hours? Let me help you out. It's 1.19%. So if I asked you, hey, can you give me 1.19% of your week? Do you think you could do that? We'd all go, yeah. But how many of us are actually doing it? It's like if I was just asking 1.19%, is all I'm asking. It's to go like just to bring in some kind of form of exercise, going for a walk, getting something that you could walk with and talk with and pray with even while you're doing that. Whatever it is, hanging out with your young people, playing, playing shooting some hoops down at the, the park with some of the kids. Some of the most effective youth ministry I've ever done is like after shooting some hoops, sitting down on the court and just talking crap. Oh, I don't, am I allowed to say that in America? Yeah. <laughs> And you just start talking on some, a kid's driveway. He's got the, the basketball ring set up in the driveway and you're just shooting hoops with him. And, you know, you sit down and, you know, after you've mucked around for a little while, I just remember we had this kid who's about to go into the top basketball level. He was about 6'6". Six, six, and, like, you know, I'd known him since he was kind of like 13. He was about 16 now. And he's kind of shooting hoops and he, he literally jumped over me and just jammed the ball that came down on my head. And I said, mate, you do that one more time. In fact, I'm never going to let that happen again. He just laughed. He went, whatever. So I, could, I knew he was going to try. So the next time he sort of like came, he came up to I could just see that look in his eye. So just before he jumped, I just went, bang, smacked him right in the guts, and he just doubled up, and I just said, mate, I'm not going to let you do that again. I don't advise that. Please don't do that. It's just we're not allowed to do that. That was back in the day when you were allowed to do it. No. Just... But 1.19%. Is all that I would be suggesting to you today, just to get started if you're not doing anything at all. What about the second thing? What do you think the, uh, the, the second thing is, uh, let me tell you, procrastination. Procrastination. It's like, oh, I'll get around to it eventually. I mean, how many, how many of us have, like, and, and ties in with the next one, we're really good at starting, but we're crap at finishing. You know, that's why, that's why gyms around the world just do so well. You know, they, they will have a license to maybe kind of house or have 800 members, but they'll have about 5,000 people on their books because they know, especially around New Year's, New Year's resolutions, they know that people will start and they'll be super pumped and excited for like 
three weeks max, four if you're lucky, and then like they just don't ever see them again, but they're playing an annual membership. Pure gold. How many books have you got on your bedside table that you've started and you've just never got around to finishing? Well, that's me. So we're, we're kind of like just, oh, I'll get around to it eventually. Or, you know, we, we start something. But as I said, it's about creating a new normal. I just want to encourage you guys and dare I say just a little bit challenge you guys that you know what, if you just start introducing a little bit of something into your life, take on a, take on a challenge, do something physically that you know is manageable, maintainable and sustainable for you. Start to not just like do something for a little while then go back to normal. Why don't you create a new normal? Parallel that to your devotional life. Just, just start, just, just make that decision. No one can make that decision for you. Don't wait for a crisis to force that upon you, whether that's spiritually or physically. How are you going managing you? Some of the other things that we actually uh, see are the reasons why we don't actually get started is um, there is that, that, that challenge uh, of, of we've talked about time, we've talked about procrastination, that we start but we don't finish. Um, and then the other one is that we actually probably, as I said, we move less than what we do, have done in, in centuries gone by, but we eat 30, at least 30% more than what we should on average, on average. And so we could easily cut back 30% of what our intake each day and just move a little bit and you would see dramatic results in four to eight weeks. You would see significant results. Not just, I'm not just talking about physical results. I'm talking about actually sleeping better, managing your stress better. Hopefully all of us would know the benefits and the outcomes of actually consistent regular exercise. See, one of the key things on you actually doing well in your exercise, one of the best things you can do is actually doing it with somebody. It's like, like spiritually. Let me ask you this question. I, I imagine it would have come up yesterday at some point about mentors, but accountability. How many of us have those people that are asking us those questions that need to be asked in our lives? How many of us have we got that person that will actually go through and take us through like areas of our life and actually ask us the hard questions and tell us what we need to hear, not what we want to hear? I, I've, I've got that in my life. If you don't have that person in your life, you need to get that person. I've had two guys in my life and it became one other guy because one of the guys moved to another state for 20 years. Every week for an hour to two hours, we catch up, we make time, whether it's at 5.30 a.m. or whatever time works in our schedules. It's not making excuses, but just having those people in your life. And I've got these guys that ask me, and I would not be the husband, I would not be the father, I would not be the pastor, I would not be the man of faith that I am today if it wasn't for somebody with me, challenging me, getting in my face about the things that need to be done. But it's also true in the area of our physical well-being. It's just so much easier when you know you're meeting somebody at a particular time to go for a walk or to do some exercise, we should follow through on our commitments. And having somebody there that can cheer you on and support you when it gets tough and it gets hard, because guess what? You know what? Am I actually trying to motivate you today? Am I trying to actually stir up and do like a motivational speech and get you all fired up to exercise? Not really. Because like motivation comes and goes. We're talking about that's a feeling. 
and, and, and like, you know, if you get all pumped up today and great if you do, but like in two weeks' time when it's, you know, like maybe a bit colder or it's raining or whatever and you sort of like go, well, I, I couldn't be bothered going out today because, you know, because it's hot or it's cold or it's when come up with all the list of excuses. But if we make a decision, you know what Daniel 1.8 said, he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the stuff that he was about to be confronted with. Some of us just need to make a decision and stick to it and follow through with it. Same with our spiritual life, but we're talking physically today. Let's, let's not forget that. So Daniel made that decision because when he got to Babylon, he was confronted with all these idols and foods and different things and temptations, but he had purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. So he made that decision. I'm, made, I'm asking you guys, and I'm challenging you to make a decision today. Make a decision about what you're going to do from this day forward. And if it means you need to start a, a, a daily devotional life, that you go, you know what, it doesn't matter. Hell, high water, rain, it does not matter. I am not going to budge or deviate. And in my physical life, there are certain things I'm going to do. And I just, I encourage you to seek expert advice. Get professional opinions. See a doctor if you need to, to get the actual approval before you start exercising. Go and see whoever it is you need to see to get the tick off the list so you can actually start to do what I'm talking about today. But just make a decision. Make a decision about what you're going to do when you leave here today. Two thirty. We've got we've got ten minutes. I know we've uh, actually heard um, the the guys Valley Forge you got, and you get some amazing resources from these guys. I'm wondering if you're willing to participate. Uh, just in a quick survey that we want to actually collect some, some information from you guys. Um, what we've got is the opportunity for each of us here. I know there's lots of resources, but there may be some more resources in this room. If you're willing to share some of the resources that you have access to and have found effective and beneficial in your youth ministry, want to be able to actually share that with other people. So if you're interested in participating in this survey there's two options for you to be a part of it first of all if you uh if you have your phone you can pull it out and you can uh jump on instagram you've got permission to do this and if you jump on to break phil i'm not i'm not i'm not looking for followers okay that's not what this is about what i'm actually looking for uh is you'll see on my profile you'll see a link to a google docs You'll be able to fill out and answer some questions. And when you submit that, one of my, uh, one of my team back in Australia is going to collate all the information that you guys give. And if uh, with the email that you send it through, uh, you're going to be able to, we'll send it back to you. So all the answers that everyone gives in this session today and the session tomorrow, you might get around to doing this this afternoon. We want to collate the list of resources that you guys give so we can just share the combined intellectual property in this room with one another and so somebody else might have a resource that you've never heard of that you actually find really helpful. Does that sound cool? Does that sound all right? So if you just uh, go to Insta and you search up Break Phil, B-R-A-K-E Phil, you'll see a picture, I think, of me and my wife. And as I said, I'm not looking for followers. All I'm saying is that on, under my profile there, you'll see a link to a Google Doc. Uh, if you don't have Instagram, you can go to Facebook. And we've uh, actually posted this link on our uh, youth group's um, Facebook page, okay, which is just simply Compass, as in the directional thing, Compass Youth. If you go to Compass Youth and you scroll on, just scroll up a little bit, you'll see 
uh, the link to the list of questions, the Google Doc, that you can actually fill out. Okay, if, if you want to participate in this, I think it would be awesome. Sorry? Uh, yeah, break Phil, B-R-A-K-E, Phil. Uh, for Instagram, just break Phil if you search that. Yep, it'll come up as um, a picture of me and my wife. Anyone find it? Two L's. Two L's. Yes, thank you. Yep, you found it. It's there. So just underneath there is a, a Google Docs link, and it'll open up, and you can just fill out your answers to the questions, and then it, uh, what it'll ask for is your email address that you can actually... None of that's used for marketing purposes. We're not going to harass you. It's not a Nigerian bank scam. It's just... We just want to get the combined and accumulative... Uh, resources represented in this room uh, to make available to each other. And so there's just some, a list of some basic, I think it's about six questions that you can answer. Put your email in and submit the form and uh, the amazing, incredible Katie will, uh, will collate all that information by Monday, Australia, so that's Sunday here. So by Sunday night, we want to have that emailed out to you if that's okay. And the other one was Compass Youth um, Facebook page. You'll see that link for um, the Creation Festival session. Normally what I like to do, if you have any questions about that, we can chat after this, but normally what, what I like to do is take, take a whole longer session and spend a little bit more time on about that challenge. That was, that was pretty much just in your face and I just take that, you know, please hear my heart where I'm coming from with this. The only reason I try to, not the only reason, my wife said shape up or ship out, that's another reason, but um, joking. Um, you know, I honestly believe when, when God is looking for somebody to use, he's not going to send us off on a mission that our bodies can't handle. Do you agree? He doesn't, God doesn't set us up for failure. And we're so good at managing everything else, but not, sometimes we just get lost in the mix of that, that we don't manage ourselves well. And, I, and again, please, hear my heart. I love people. I'm not here to offend anybody. Just, just pray that you would actually just think about that a little bit. Hey, we've only got a couple of minutes left. Uh, you may have a question. Uh, kids do not ride kangaroos to school. Um, <laughs> it's not koala bears in my backyard. There are possums that I'd like to be able to kill, but um, not allowed to. Um, has anyone got any questions about youth ministry, life, and... Um, Ministry life juggling, one of the other things that I do, I, I am not full-time at the moment. I refuse to be full-time for my church. My board knows that. Uh, I've told them that. I'm the chair of a community care organisation that we facilitate schools, tours and events and things like that through. Like here, we're not allowed to uh, proclaim the name of Jesus in schools. 1 Corinthians 13 says, These three remain, faith, hope and love, but the greatest is love. We go into schools and, and we speak about hope. We speak about love. Every principle that's communicated is faith-based. Uh, but we go in and we do that, and the doors that have opened up is in our community. And I do that. Preston's one of my best mates. He's been one of my best mates for the last 10 years. So I come over and do some of that stuff with him. He and his, some of his speakers come to Australia, and we do that. We just had a tour recently. We try to do about 45 programs uh, in a week, two speakers, try to fit 25, 25 for each speaker, five a day. Uh, then I sent Preston to Fiji, which is where you might have seen some of that footage uh, where he was at. Uh, and I took the other guy to Indonesia and, and doing schools and stuff uh, in Indo. Um, so, you know, that's, that's uh, some of the stuff we do. Um, yeah. So, 
the same thing. You know, you guys still have a massive influence on the Australian culture uh, across the board, whether that's fashion, movies, music and food. The list goes on. TV shows, you know, all of that stuff. So very much when I come over and I speak in schools and things for, for and with Preston, uh, it's the same thing. But at, at, the, at the core of all of that, though, there is still kind of the same need, desire to be loved, to be accepted, to be cared for, to be valued. Um, you know, it's like, you know, most kids are like, get stuff, leave me alone, but come and get me if you can, if you're willing to hang in there and persist. So, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, th I think we're facing the same stuff, absolutely. Yeah, good question. It's actually my older sister and her husband actually were my youth pastors that, uh, another story altogether, I didn't have a great relationship with my dad who was the pastor of the church and... Uh, so that wasn't great. So I was not a great kid. My teenage years were a bit chaotic. But I had just had a, a sister and her husband who just loved Jesus and they, yeah, loved me and they tolerated it and just stuck it out. And, and yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I've got plenty of those kids in our groups. But, um, yeah, just, just don't give up. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, help me. Um, oh, you poor thing. Um, I would honestly say, and you can, I think young adult ministry is harder than youth ministry. Yeah, yeah. And, and I still think that the, the church is yet to see um, uh, any, any kind of young adult ministry be as effective as what I believe it possibly can be. And I, I, don't, think, I don't think we're a great example either because our guys struggle and wrestle with it so much. But... Can I just touch on this? Like, I mean, just having a, you know, God is more committed to reaching the youth and the young adults in our cities than what we are. And, you know, the story of Noah is a great encouragement for me. He was a righteous man that God gave him, which comes out of our spiritual and, our, and physical, because he had to build the ark, right? So physical and spiritual life was there, and God saw him, and, and God spoke to him and said, you know, I want you to build an ark. And he's like, yep, no worries, God. Well, what's an ark? And, and he, you know, for the 100 years, he's, he's building. It's like some of us get frustrated after a, a minute. But he's got 100 years. It's just like, you know, hey, God, can I do something different this week? No, build the ark. Uh, Ten years later, God, can I do something different? Keep building the ark. 30 years go by. Hey, God, you know, he gave him the word to begin with. Just be obedient to what God's asked you to do. And he says, okay, Noah, you want to know why you're building the ark? Because I want you to save the world. Oh, wow, okay. But the cool thing is about the ark, if you think about it, God gave Noah a very specific set of instructions, told him exactly how he could do it. It was a vehicle for salvation for humanity. Your ministry, your young adult ministry, is the vehicle for salvation for the young adults and youth in your city, in your town. And God wants to give you that. You need to hear what I'm saying today. Because God wants to give you very specific and clear instructions, exactly about what to do. And, and can I just encourage you, guys? we can learn from each other. And the minute that we kind of like, you need to, we need to check our hearts. If somebody else starts to have success and it's like, or it doesn't say something about them. It says something about you and me. If we can't celebrate other people's success, it's us. It's not them. Yeah, maybe we can learn from them, but we shouldn't try and be that because this is what God has called us to be. The challenges and the issues I face in my community are going to be different to you. I need to hear from I need to get on my knees. I need to plead, God, please help me. Help me, Jesus. Give me the plan. Give me the strategy. And he will. And he will. He did it with Noah, and I think he still wants to do it today. Absolutely. Yes, sir. So in our community, we have no um, 
So the question was, I don't know if you heard that, if you don't have a youth ministry at the moment, um, what, what's the best way to get started? Man, I, I, I'd be praying hard, praying and fasting. I mean, that sounds like a cop-out, doesn't it? Yeah, look, no doubt. I, I think it's God's timing, but I think prayer and fasting, like the first five years of we planted our church, the majority of the people that started coming were in their 40s and 50s, and I nearly was like, really? Seriously? Is that who I appeal to after all these years of youth ministry and stuff? That got old people coming to it? Oh, I'm sorry to all that. Hey, 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 I'm in that age group. I can say it, right? I can say it. But you know what we did? We went, you know, we've got all this experience. We've got all this stuff. We went to our local... I don't know what the Anglican thing here is like. So in Australia, they're, they're, they're rock solid, the guys that I'm talking about, Anglican. I have no idea what I'm talking about with denominations here. But anyway, these guys, we went to them and said, hey, you've got kids, we've got the experience, let us help you start a youth ministry. So we actually started a youth ministry with them and for them. They flourished and grew. Year six for us nearly did my head in. And we're doing all this kind of schools-based stuff and different things, but we just didn't have kids within the life of our church at that time. And so we're going to go and serve these other guys. We went and served ministries that were on campus at our local uni and served them until God's timing was right. And now, but by the grace of God, it's a different story. So I, I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all. I just think, again, it comes down to the whole Noah thing. What is God saying to you? Maybe God doesn't want you to have a youth ministry right now. Maybe there's other things that you guys can sow into and be generous to and give to or serve that has no direct benefit back to your church. Oh, wow, who would have thought? But, you know, like, you, you could actually do that. And we got nothing out of that except to see and to be blessed by another church having a youth ministry and that flourish and thrive and, and train up their leaders so they could take it on and do it. I'm not saying that's the way to do it. I'm just saying that it, it's not how I thought it was going to go either. Anybody else? Oh, wow. Okay. That's kind of random. Um, if, if, you, if you hate me, you have to forgive me. Because that's what Jesus said. <laughs> and I, and I, I love you all. I'm filled with love. Can I just, uh, can I just pray for, for us all? Father, just thank you for every, every person that's in this room. Lord, we just, we just desire to bring you glory and honour. Father, we just thank you for where you have placed us. And just as uh, heads are bowed and eyes are closed, um, one of the biggest things that I had to personally wrestle with was being that conviction of call. This is one of the things I was praying about this morning. I know going over time here, but I, I feel I really need to do this, and that is that really wrestled with just having that conviction of call but when you have it you lose the luxury of choice and and for those of you that are wrestling with is this what I'm supposed to be doing it's so hard I'm going to say something pretty bold here today but you sitting in this room today and it's got nothing to do with me 
I just believe that it's just something that God laid on my heart this morning. To those of you that are maybe struggling and, and, and it's just been so hard lately. And maybe it's just God's brought a guy from the other side of the world that's been rambling on like a hobo and whatever. And you, you're sitting here this afternoon and you're just going, I just need to hear from God. Can I be maybe as bold to say is that, you know, the, God's, God's word to you the, this afternoon is just simply, you know what? He's cheering you on. He's got your back. Don't give up. Hang in there. There are kids' lives, there are eternal destinies hanging and hinging upon this wrestle, this fight that you're going with. May you be encouraged today. May you just hear that soft, gentle whisper of God saying, hey, hang in there, keep going. You can do this. I'm with you. Don't give up. You don't know what's on the other side of your mountain. Abraham took Isaac up the mountain. He didn't know that God had provided a ram on the other side of that mountain. You may be facing a mountain right now, but God's already providing the solution, the answer, the provision is on the other side, but as long as you don't give up. Just be obedient to what it was that God first called you to do. May you be encouraged in Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, guys, thank you for your time. Just uh, want to... Um, tomorrow's session uh, is going to actually just be all about your heart, not the physical stuff. I just want to talk about your heart. Where's your heart at? And uh, just talk about that a little bit with you tomorrow. But God bless you guys. Happy to hang around and chat. Um, keep up the good work, guys. Thank you.